I'm Jodie Wolfe and I would like to talk about mental health. I've always wanted to talk about it actually, but growing up in the 90s, it wasn't something that was spoken about, but more swept under the rug. Uh, my parents were ashamed of their situation, both extremely proud people. And I feel they isolated themselves from most people as a result because they wanted to keep their situation in the family. So I spent my whole childhood and early 20s feeling like I was sort of suppressing all these dirty little secrets, feeling like I was a ticking bomb, if you like, of emotional baggage. And I was because... I didn't talk about it. I let it fester, um, which is definitely where it goes wrong. So obviously the COVID-19 pandemic opened up conversations, I would say, around mental health more so now than ever. And it really is a crisis. It's so important, I feel, to have these conversations, just like you would if someone had a kidney issue or a broken arm or hundreds of different health issues are spoken about every day. But for some reason, admitting that you are struggling with your mental health, and I use that word admitting, I hate that word so much because using that word admitting is like saying, I think it's linked to shame, right? And it's that embarrassment or I'm struggling with my mental health when really it shouldn't have that stigma attached. It should be something that we're just able to speak about and not feel and not feel that people are going to judge us or, or treat us differently as a result of that. So I'm just another everyday human trying to navigate life. I'm definitely not a doctor, but... I do like a good chat. I'm a good talker. I'm a good listener. And I would say a champion for change. So that's why I wanted to start having these conversations. I grew up in a household surrounded by people all struggling with various variations of mental health issues. My dad had a nervous breakdown when I was five, which changed our family's lives forever. And can I just say here that living with someone who has a mental illness is very tough on family or partners and their own mental health. And I don't think that that gets spoken about enough. It's an extremely emotionally taxing and draining um, experience. And it's rough. My mum was an angel. She literally, she's dedicated her whole life to being my dad's carer. I have a huge amount of respect for her because of that. Seeing her giving up everything for her marriage I think it's really given me an insight in into what marriage really is and what love really is and it's what most people say in their vows in sickness in health right and yeah if anyone's (laughs) remained true to to their vows it's definitely her So just a bit of background, he was diagnosed as a manic depressive agoraphobic and was basically in and out of hospital experiencing mental breaks um, until I was about 22, I would say, was the last time that he had um, a full breakdown and was sectioned. And every time was a completely different experience. 
sometimes he would go missing for days. Sometimes he would believe that some of the family were plotting to kill him. Um, sometimes it would mean an extreme energy surge, you know, where he wasn't sleeping and um, everything was sort of, sort of hyper, hypermanic. And, and then other times it would be him trying to kill himself. And my ma trying to stop him from doing that. So it was a real roller coaster uh, in terms of what to expect every time that he was he was ill. Um, inverted commas because that's that's how that's how it was always described. Oh, your dad's ill. Your dad's not well. Every time he had a mental break and um, was normally sectioned as a result of that. Although I say every every time it was different, there was normally certain triggers that would lead up to that happening. So him not eating, um, not sleeping, paranoia, grinding his teeth, you know, there'd be certain things, certain little um, signs that you'd look out for and you'd go, okay, this is happening again, you know. And that was that was quite tough because yeah, you just get that sinking feeling of like, ah, uh, this is you just prepare, right? We were just constantly preparing, I guess. Um because that would mean all kinds of things, right? It would mean contacting psychologists, it would mean contacting his social worker, it would mean, you know, if I was I think sort of infant school, junior school, secondary school, it was either being collected from school in the middle of the day or being phoned um, at school when, when I was a little bit older, you know, saying don't go home and then I'd have to go to my sister's and, yeah, that's a whole other story. So that's a whole full episode that I could talk about um, those situations. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> Anyway, that um, that was definitely a um, an education, if you like. So there have been other things that have gone on and that have really opened up my eyes to the different variations of mental health issues that people can live with. One of my sisters is a drug addict. She's an alcoholic. She has schizophrenia and hypermania. One of my other family members has OCD and another one is living with bipolar disorder. And before I was actually born, my granddad died by suicide. He actually shot himself, uh, which was, as you can imagine, extremely traumatic for the rest of the family. One of my aunt's sons was a hypochondriac and also he actually died by suicide as well. And again, before my time, there was an aunt, she was actually a great aunt and she was actually taken away, um, inverted commas, and locked away in what they used to call the loony bin um, back in them olden days when they didn't really know what they know now about the brain. Um, so yeah, that was sad. So myself, I've actually lived with multiple manifestations of what I now know to be as trauma. I've lived with panic attacks, depression, anxiety, uh, addictive and self-destructive behaviours. 
ADHD tendencies, and I also have a picking disorder. At several points throughout my life, I've wanted to end it. I'm so glad that I didn't. And despite all of this occasional head funk, I'm actually doing really well. I'm really grateful to be able to live as I do now, use tools that I draw upon daily to make sure that I'm always in my highest possible mental state. And if I don't do those things, you know, for a couple of days, I do start to feel pretty low. So, I mean, we all have down days, but the dark days, as I call them, I really hope I'm correct when I say that they're now fully behind me because, yeah, I've just got so much more awareness of my own body and my own state of mind than I did when I was younger. And yeah, I've, I've never actually spoken with a therapist. I probably should have done a few times, but yeah, I I like to think that I've been healing along the way and yeah, it's, it's definitely been a journey. I've just really educated myself on the subject, to be honest, because no one really, as I mentioned at the start of this conversation with you, no one really broke it down for me growing up. It was just something that happened. Your dad's not well um, was the common term used whenever my dad was having another breakdown. I guess I developed a sort of heightened sense of psychology as a result of watching, as children in those environments often do, right? yeah, just collecting body language and information from the unsaid and learning how to sort of read energy as well between people. And that's that's definitely helped me throughout my life and, and especially my career choices. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I do feel that I'm able to sense something about a situation or about something that's going on with an individual or between people before anything's been discussed about it or yeah so I've read hundreds of books I've listened to just as many podcasts um I've studied a little bit of psychology I've just up leveled my knowledge of human behavior really in order to understand more about mental health and the brain and and I've done tons and tons of inner work as well um over the last sort of seven years I've really gotten into meditation every day journaling I've always exercised and that's that's a massive one for me if if I'm not doing enough exercise uh yeah I'm I'm definitely feeling lower than I than I have done and all of the learning, I just feel like it's healed a lot of my trauma and all of that self-work that I've done has really helped me let go in places where I was probably stuck emotionally and mentally because you carry, you carry it all around with you, right? All of your emotion, it all stores in your body and... If you don't find ways to deal with all of that emotion and trauma and tension or whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to label it as, it does manifest and it does affect your life and it will come out in ways that you never expect it to, but it does. 
you know. I remember actually being about 21, I think I was about 21 or 20 or something, and my dad was having a breakdown and we were trying to get him into the hospital and his social worker came to the house and she was so lovely, this woman. I'd, I'd never met her before, but I was feeling particularly emotional um, this time around. I don't know why. And, um, yeah, I was really, really trying to be heard. I was just, I don't, I don't even know what I was talking about. It was something to do with my dad and, and my ma and, and the situation that was going on. And unfortunately, again, this is another story for another time, but my parents, they're quiet. How can I say this? They've never been very good with emotions. They've never, they're quite old fashioned people. They've, they're not into talking about how you feel, right? And I remember just being very, very angry as a teenager a lot of the time. And in my early 20s, I was holding a lot of anger. And I obviously was displaying a lot of this when I'm talking to this woman and she actually butted in and she's like turned to my parents and she turned to my mom and my dad and she's like, you need to really validate what Jodie's saying and how she's feeling because she's involved in this as well. And that's the thing about having a parent who is mentally ill or having a family member that's mentally ill. It really does impact everyone in the family and their relationship with that person. And she said to me, have you ever been to a therapist? And I said, no, I don't need one. You know, I'm all about fixing myself. <laughs> and um, she said, well, I really think that you need to talk to someone because if you don't, all of this trauma that you're storing is going to come out, you know, later in your 30s or whatever. And I was just, you know, I thanked her for the conversation, moved on and then never went for therapy. And she was so right, you know, and it would, it had already been happening anyway. You know, I'd already been started getting anxiety and all sorts of things going on. But anyway, um, I'm really, I'm actually quite nervous. I was really feeling really nervous about recording what I've just recorded. And I hate that. I hate that I was nervous about saying this out loud. You know, my best friends, my closest friends, and I don't have tons, they already know this sort of history, if you like, I guess, but... That's what I mean. I hate that it's like you're scared to talk about it because you feel like you're going to be, you feel like other people's perception of you will change as a result. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my take on it. I do like to think I'm Wonder Woman, so that's that's my issue, you know. Maybe it's just my ego. I just don't want to be, I just don't want people to feel that I'm, inverted commas, weak and not coping. But there we go again. That's just another, that's just another thing that society has done. It's just made people feel that 
if you're mentally unwell, you're weak or, you know, it's like, yeah, it's maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know. Maybe it's an English thing, that whole, like, keep calm and carry on thing. I don't know. It's really weird. That's it really from me for now. Um, I'm hoping to let other people do most of the talking on here and I'm just going to ask all the questions. So I hope people enjoy it. I really hope it helps you. I hope it helps to... Oh, sorry. <sighs> I just know how how it feels to feel that you can't A, express how you feel, B, let it all go, C, admit that you're not okay, and D, to feel like you are completely alone. And when I was living in London, I spent five years in London in the end, I could be in a room surrounded by people and feel just so lonely. That's crazy, isn't it? Like, yeah, I remember being in London at one point and I was really mentally not well at all. And I was losing it big time. There was a lot of stuff going on and I remember calling my parents and just feeling so low and just crying and crying and I was just sitting on this fucking bench in the middle of London. I think I was in Covent Garden or something. I don't even know where I was. But I was just sitting there and just, yeah just feeling so lonely and just looking around and there was just people everywhere because obviously, you know, London's just like oversaturated. But, yeah. And I know that there's people out there that feel that way. And that makes me really sad because no one should have to feel like that in this world because there are so many people. There are enough people to go around. You know what I mean? There's enough people to put their arms around one another. I don't even know why I'm crying now. <sighs> I think you can do a lot of work and then sometimes you have a memory and it will take you back somewhere and sometimes things just trigger you, don't they? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to wrap it up because I have the snottiest nose and you're probably not going to be able to understand what I'm saying anyway now. <laughs>
This is head funk. So this is basically my own little slice of healing. Um, and each episode, the plan is to interview a different human. And that person's obviously agreed to share their story with us, with me, with you. And who knows, maybe it's to help them heal. Maybe it's to help you heal. And yeah, I welcome you to head funk. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for listening with hopefully an open heart and an open mind. And I'm just warning you in advance that some listeners may find the content at times disturbing. And yes, there may be swearing. There may be things said because this is an uncensored space. 